check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the Adi Zero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. We'll start in three, two, one. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of All Steelers Talk, part of Sports Illustrated's AllSteelers.com. I'm your host, Noah Strackbine, joined always by the fabulous Donnie Droon. Donnie, it, it was actually a pretty entertaining week for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Plenty of news going around, even if it isn't all revolving around them bringing players back. But that's where we're going to start, is the Steelers added a fourth quarterback to their roster this week, signing Josh Dobbs to a one-year deal. He joins a quarterback room, a future Hall of Famer, Ben Roethlisberger, maybe future starter Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins, and now rocket scientist Josh Dobbs. What do you take of the move? What does it mean for the Steelers? Yeah, I I don't think it means too much for the Steelers other than a little bit of competition for Dwayne Haskins for that third and final quarterback spot. The Steelers traditionally do not like to carry four quarterbacks into the regular season on their 53-man roster. So I I, I think, uh, you know, if we're trying to read the tea leaves here, uh, it looks like, uh, you know, Ben obviously will be the starter. I think everybody can agree that whether or not you actually like him personally, Mason Rudolph is the backup and number two quarterback in Pittsburgh behind Big Ben. Uh, therefore, that, that just leaves one more spot to be on the active roster. And I think, um, you know, regardless of everybody's opinions of Dwayne Haskins, um, the Steelers got him for super cheap. I don't think expectations are super big around Haskins, and I don't think they're going to be super big around Josh Dobbs. I think Dobbs is brought in. Uh, one, to either come back and have a guy who's familiar with the locker room and familiar with, with, with the players. And, you know, hopefully uh, he might be able to learn Matt Canada's system, you know, a little bit better than he learned under Randy Fickner's. Uh, but I, I think Dobbs was brought in to either be a training camp arm or to push Dwayne Haskins or, uh, you know, ultimately in the best case scenario for Dobbs, be that third string quarterback on the active roster. Yeah, I agree. I think this is competition for Dwayne Haskins. But at the same time, I think that the Steelers like Josh Dobbs. I mean, they look at him as a guy who could call plays on the sidelines. He's a young, smart guy. He works well with Ben Roethlisberger. I think Josh Dobbs was kind of brought back to be more of like a coach. You know what I'm saying? I think that if he has an advantage this summer, it's going to be because he's a bigger contributor on the sideline than any of the backups. He's better. He has a better voice than Mason Rudolph, than Dwayne Haskins, obviously. He has a better um, chemistry with Ben Roethlisberger than both of Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. And if we're going to be real, the Steelers like to do things like that. They like to have guys around that can be a voice in the locker room and also kind of like mentor guys, even if in this case he's mentoring a future Hall of Famer or he's working with the future Hall of Famer. I mean, Jeff Dobbs will sit there and draw things up because, I mean, as I mentioned in the beginning, the dude's a rocket scientist. I mean, he is Jerry Dulac tweeted that they bring up, it brings up the Steelers GPA. It's true. He's definitely, he's already the smartest guy in the locker room. I've, I've heard the best FIFA player in the locker room, but you know, that's, that's your side of the story here. And, <laughs> and then he's going to, he's just going to come in here. He's just going to draw some plays up and maybe, maybe, I could see Josh Dobbs being a guy that sticks around as that third string quarterback for a couple of years and then I guess retires if third string quarterbacks actually retire and joins the team 
in some degree just jumps onto the sideline and becomes some part of the coaching staff because that's what they did with guys like Joey Porter, Ryan Shazier for a minute, and I could see Josh Dobbs being exactly what those guys are. Yeah, I think a very underrated part of having a very good starting quarterback in the NFL is surrounding him with very smart guys in the quarterback room. And there's no doubt that Josh Dobbs is a very smart guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you take into um, you, you take into the point that Josh Dobbs already has a established relationship with Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, it, it's really not a big surprise that Josh Dobbs is back. But I, I do think um, while the move probably won't pay like long dividends over the, the course of the season or whatnot, um, it, it, it's definitely a guy you know to help uh, pick Roethlisberger's brain uh, to help Ben kind of think outside of the box whenever it comes to certain things, and just another another experienced, um, a little bit seasoned guy to add to the quarterback. Do you think that there's a realistic shot that he beats out Dwayne Haskins this summer? 100%. Yeah. And like I said earlier, I don't think, I don't think Dwayne Haskins came to Pittsburgh with expectations of ever, you know, like doing or making a lot of noise. Um, Really? No noise at all. Especially given the way he was released and the, like the deal the Steelers signed him to. Um, the, the Steelers weren't very high up on the, the waiver wire. Um, so the, a lot of teams passed up on Dwayne Haskins. And I think that was very telling of what the league thought of Haskins. Um, sure. and I, I think we all agree Haskins at, at this moment right now, obviously things could change. He's only a couple of years removed from being drafted. It looks like he was drafted just a little bit too high for where he actually was talent wise. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that as we've maintained after Haskins was signed, this is a low risk, high reward signing. The Steelers don't expect Haskins to pan out to anything. And if he does, great. You got him for pennies on the dollar where you would have got him, um, you know, had he shown his talents from day one. Yeah, I agree. And I, I do think that Josh Dobbs will beat him out this summer just to answer the initial question, but you're right that I, I didn't. I look at Dwayne Haskins and the Steelers as two sides of a, of a coin here. Um, one, Dwayne Haskins, I think, yeah, he, you know, he couldn't, he can't have high expectations, but at the same time, he's a 14th overall pick who started a couple of games last season. And I get that he's fallen. I get that he, you know, hurt himself and hurt his reputation and he has a lot of growth still coming, but he has to look at this as a prove it deal in, in some degree or another. And even if it's not for the Steelers, he has to stick around long enough to play in the preseason so that he can audition for other teams and then hopefully get an actual contract somewhere this season. For the Steelers and how the Steelers look at this, I think they looked at it exactly like you said. They're they're coming in here and thinking this is just a guy that at worst case scenario pushing pushes Mason Rudolph, even if Josh Dobbs is here to push Dwayne Haskins and has some upside for literally no money whatsoever. And I, I don't know. I think that the ending of all this is going to be a little rough. I think Dwayne Haskins is going to be a little butthurt when it's all said and done. Cause I think he'll get cut over Josh Dobbs and a first round pick getting cut for a guy who is basically a running back with some brains is it, it's, that's, that's a jab. That's a jab at, at the, at the morale right there, but the Steelers don't need him. I don't think anybody in the NFL really needs him. And if Josh Dobbs is a better option, then keep Josh Dobbs around. In in worse news, I guess, for the Steelers, the AFC just got a ton harder. The Cleveland Browns went out and signed Jadavion Clowney, former Houston Texan, former Seattle Seahawks, Tennessee Titan, to a one-year $10 million deal, which scares me because that's a one-year $10 million prove that you can play with Miles Garrett deal, and that could be as dangerous as it gets in the NFL. 
Yeah, the, the Browns have been wanting Clowney for uh, for a couple of years now. It looks like their dreams finally came to fruition. So you know you have Jay Davion Clowney and Miles Garrett in the same front seven, likely lining up on opposite sides of each other. And for a Pittsburgh Steelers team that you know, let's be real, they haven't exactly figured out their entire offensive line situation quite yet. Not exactly the news you wanted to see whenever you woke up this morning. Um, you know, regardless, you're still going to have to go against them, uh, you know, twice a year, maybe three times if last year was telling you anything for the Cleveland Browns. But yeah, the, I, I think the Cleveland Browns definitely got better on the defensive front. I think a one year, $10 million deal, perfect for both sides. I, I think Jadavion, um, he, he's only played one full season in the NFL. Uh, he only played eight games last year. Um, so I, I don't think he's going to commend any type of crazy money, but I think if you can get the absolute best out of him, and I think Miles Garrett on the other side will definitely help him get a lot of one-on-one looks, especially when it comes to rushing the passer. I think 10 million can be super duper cheap for what J. Davion Clowney can bring to the table. Um, granted, he hasn't had a lot of sack production the last couple of years, but his run support, and that's something we've talked about, Bud Dupree being very, very valuable. Yep. And if he's not getting to the yep. quarterback, he's plugging run lanes. That's exactly mm-hmm. what Jadavion Clowney does extremely well. Just like Bud Dupree, exactly. That's exactly what you said. And, and in an offense when, I mean, Miles Garrett is TJ Watt. And if the Steelers had a guy like Bud Dupree or had a guy like Jadavion Clowney on the opposite side of TJ Watt, that's all you could ask for. Somebody that the defense or the offense, excuse me, has to keep an eye on enough where you have to take a body off of your main guy. And Miles Garrett's a monster. It's not like Miles Garrett's this guy who might have 10 sacks or might have 20 sacks. It's more like Miles Garrett's probably going to have 15 sacks in a season minimum and 100 tackles and could totally mess up an offense. And now you have Jadavion Clowney, which you can't ignore on the defensive line it gets dangerous and, and like you said the Steelers don't even have a left tackle we could keep saying oh Zach Banner Zach Banner choose a core for I do not care the Steelers do not have a left tackle and until they do this is just this is just bad I mean the the Baltimore Ravens are hosting Justin Houston which is just going to add to their defensive line and the Steelers yep. are sitting around doing nothing to their offensive line to make it better it could get dangerous yeah, definitely. And not even the uh, the tackle spots. I mean, we still don't have a solidified center. Um, you know, some people argue it's BJ Finney, but I don't think he's the long term answer. I was going to say BJ for, Finney. I say this every episode. We have yep, BJ Finney. Yep, I don't know why. Yep. Why we're even <laughs> I, having I, this I, conversation? Why are we about it right now? I don't know why we talk about this anymore. There's BJ Finney, and that is it until they draft Creed Humphreys in the first round. That's a joke. Yeah. But unless hey, it happens. They might. That's what I'm saying. I mean, they drafted Terrell Edmonds. This is the same team that took Terrell Edmonds, but I think I think Creed Humphrey would be a better pick than Terrell Edmonds. So, oh my gosh, yeah, definitely a better pick. And I mean, worst case scenario, just move them all over. But Kevin Dotson at left tackle because I trust him with my life. Put BJ Finney at guard. Creed Humphrey's in there. Let it rock. Let just let it rock. At this point, we're just putting puzzle pieces together, and the Steelers are going to hope that something pans out. I do have some breaking news. I know this isn't going to be breaking when this airs on Thursday morning, but as we're sitting here, the Pittsburgh Steelers have actually re-signed inside linebacker Vince Williams. Williams was cut not long ago, a couple couple of weeks ago during free agency as a cap casualty. I think it saved them $4 million. Donnie's looking right now. I mean, this is is real. Wow. They re-signed Vince Williams. Robert Spillane, I talked to Robert Spillane two weeks ago, maybe. And he was pretty excited. He was pretty penciled in as the starter. What does this mean for the Steelers? They just went out and cleared for one. They took away a huge need because inside linebacker is clearly a top five need for them. Now they have Vince Williams. And I mean, if in my opinion, Vince Williams is a starter in the NFL. 
Yeah, 100%. If you're asking me right now to choose a starter between Vince Williams and Robert Spillane, I'm going to have to go Vince Williams. Uh, I think Vince Williams con- uh, complements, excuse me, Devin Bush very, very well with their kind of opposite skill sets. I think Robert Spillane and Vince Williams are somewhat identical in what they're able to do. I think Robert Spillane is a little bit more reliable in pass coverage. I think the only reason Williams was released was to save a little bit of money on the cap. So I'll be very interested to see what the Steelers bring him back for. Obviously, you would have to hope it's a little bit lower than his cap number would have been heading into this year. But that, that's a surprise. And I think, um, you know, for a lot of people hoping Avery Williamson would have been back, I think that might knock Avery Williamson out of the running to return to the Steelers. I know a lot of people, especially after that nice little IG post that, you know, he posted. Yeah, that I was weird. Yesterday or the, the day before. Yeah. So I don't even understand um, it. Why? And at the same time, I hear, I've heard rumors about that, that, he is returning and then, or, or everybody was like, Oh, look at this. This might mean that Avery Williamson's headed back. And then all I'm hearing is this isn't what this means. And I'm like, why are we, why did you post that picture in the first place? If you're not even in talks with the Pittsburgh Steelers and clearly they're not because there's no way they're bringing back Marcus Allen, Robert Splain and Vince Williams to go with Devin Bush and say, here's five inside linebackers. None of them are really a hundred percent a starter in the NFL, but we're just going to mesh them all together and, Hope for the best. That doesn't make any sense. I, I think maybe that was a little thrown off guard. Maybe he was just hyped up about the season. Either way, Vince Williams is definitely a starter. I, I do kind of feel bad. I was excited to see Marcus Allen get some more playing time this season. I don't know if that'll happen as much. I will say this. I don't. I think that a lot of people had the Steelers mocked for an inside linebacker at some point. For one, this completely removes that Zayn Collins dude in the first round. And at, at this point, I don't think that there's any point in drafting an inside linebacker whatsoever, because what are you going to do? You're going to have them sit behind Robert Spillane as a third string for a whole season and then hope next year they're ready to start. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, uh, with Devin Bush coming back, Vince Williams now coming back, Robert Spillane resigned, and then Marcus Allen also coming back as well. Um, and I think you have to like the depth of inside linebacker. And that's, you know, especially without a guy like Avery Williamson, there's four capable guys that we've seen step in to make plays whenever, you know, they've needed to. Um, you know, obviously Devin Bush is 100% the starter for one of the two inside linebacker spots. Okay. And then I think the Steelers do indeed do a lot of like sub packaging. So I think we'll see a healthy rotation of guys between, you know, uh, you know, Vince Williams, Robert Spillane, and even Marcus Allen and some other sub packages. But no, I think you really have to like the depth at the current inside linebacker position. That's something we were not saying a couple months ago, heading to free agency with those guys looking to get contracts with other teams. Yeah, no doubt. This is something that we were talking about last, our last week is maybe the Steelers need to draft an inside linebacker. It's an option. It's not an option anymore, which we'll, we'll talk about the, the NFL draft a little later. But in my opinion, that just clears everything up, clears the whole board up. We know a position we're going to tackle, and now there's zero reason to to ignore it. When it comes to uh, the final roster move the Steelers made this week or or Steelers players were involved in this week, James Conner is headed to Arizona on a one-year, $1.2 million deal with the Cardinals. I personally think it's a great move for him. I think that James Conner needs a new home. He needs a new start. I think he was kind of washed. I think he was just mentally washed in Pittsburgh. And to go to Arizona to be able to play with a guy like Chase Edmonds, Kyler Murray, that team's looking looking pretty good. I think it's a good move. And he made a decent amount of money, which $1.25 million, That's good for a guy who hasn't played 16 games in the NFL. Yeah, let's keep it real. I think James Conner hit and uh, checked two of the boxes 
excuse me, that he absolutely needed to. He needed to go to a team with a upgraded offensive line in the NFL, as mm-hmm. opposed to Steelers with, you know, let's be real, wasn't probably a hard thing to do. And two, go to a backfield where he would still probably see a lot of carries and a lot of attention, but he wouldn't absolutely be relied on as the lead guy. Uh, Chase Edmonds in Arizona going to be a very nice compliment to him. I think James Conner, I think he landed in a really good spot. I think he was very, very cheap. If he could stay healthy and play all 16 games, obviously we know what he can do. And I think I think the deal worked out for all sides. You know, I think it's a good deal for Conner. I think it's a good deal for the Cardinals. And um, I, I just think the Steelers and James Conner needed a, a fresh start in you know, two other places. So I, I, I don't see any downside for any part of this. No, I don't either. I think it's the perfect move. And I think it works out in the Steelers' favor because – if they wanted James Conner to go anywhere, it'd be a team that needed a running back before them in the NFL draft, which again, we'll talk about in a minute. But this clears this clears another team off the board that's going to attempt to draft a running back before pick 24. Arizona, I mean, if you have James Conner and Chase Edmonds, you're not going after Najee Harris or Travis Etienne. That's not happening. Not in the first round. Nope. Not in the first round. You're waiting it out. So that's that's another team off the board. Now it's really just the Dolphins, maybe the Jets that are here sitting around going, maybe we'll take a running back. And I still think, I think if you're the New York Jets, I think you're crazy to take a running back. I think if you're just going to go in there and say, Zach Wilson and a running back, and we have nothing else, what's better than, how is that any different than Sam Darnold and Le'Veon Bell two years ago? It's not. So if you look at it and think, oh, okay, there's, I I personally looked at it and said, Arizona was the only team. They were the only team that was going to draft a running back before the Steelers. They really needed a running back to compliment Chase Edmonds. Nope, that's gone. Thank you, James Conner. Shout out. And honestly, I think everybody in Pittsburgh feels the same way, that he deserves a fresh start and he deserves to kind of have a good NFL career because if he could stay healthy, like you said, he he's a Pro Bowl running back. He proved it to, what, two, three years ago that he's a Pro Bowl running back. When we come back, the Steelers are obviously looking at the 24th pick. We've talked a little bit about it here SI publishers jumped in on a mock draft, went into the war room and came out with some pretty good picks, including a Steelers pick that I think everybody's going to like from yours truly here that plus Julian Edelman in the Hall of Fame. Can we please stop talking about this? All that more on Steelers talk. Some read self-help books. Others use meditation at New Balance. It's believed that peace can be found with a run. The lessons learned while running your race are a blueprint for overcoming obstacles and achieving balance in life. Go beyond the run at newbalance.com. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the AdiZero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. Okay, Donnie, I don't I don't want to do this to you. I, I didn't want to do it at all, actually. I was hesitant when we were planning for this to even bring it up. But for some reason, the second that Julian Edelman retired, which, you know, congrats on a great career, hell of a player, hell of a playoff guy. The second that he retired, everybody jumped on the is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer debate. And I've gotten these debates over the years. You know, I, I saw the Wes Welker one when he when he retired. I mean, guys like I mean, Paul Pierce was another one. I, I know we're in basketball, but Andre Iguodala was a big one when he retired or, or when he started winning MVPs. 
But Julian Edelman is not a Hall of Famer by no means. And I think the biggest reason for this is Heinz Ward and the Pittsburgh Steelers all-time great wide receiver. And the fact that he is not in Canton, nor can he finish a top five finisher for the Hall of Fame. And then people are talking about a guy with zero Pro Bowls who, who's had a couple of good playoff games. Like that's all it takes to get into the Hall of Fame. I, I think we need to be able to distinguish between really good careers mm-hmm. and Hall of Fame careers. It, it's yep. the Hall of Fame, but not the Hall of Very Good. Yeah, um, exactly. I in no way want to disrespect Julian Edelman because his career was phenomenal. He had a very, very good NFL career. He won a few Super Bowls. He was a very, very important cog to the Patriots offense for a very long time. He's not getting the Hall of Fame. No. He's he's, he's not. You know, if they make a Hall of Fame for postseason performances, yeah, I'd, I'd love to throw him in. If they let PED users in the Hall of Fame in the modern era, I'd love to throw him in. You know? <laughs> But you're right. If 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 we're going to anoint Julian Edelman as a Hall of Famer, when compared to a guy like Heinz Ward, who's been waiting, been he's waiting, been to waiting. Get in, in, into the Hall of Fame, and he's likely going to wait a little bit more, it it, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, do you have the do you have the numbers pulled up to yeah, compare? Yeah. Run it. The comparison's not even close. I mean, Heinz Ward has 12,000 yards compared to Julian Edelman's 6,000 yards. Heinz Ward has 85 touchdowns compared to Julian Edelman's 36. They both have a Super Bowl MVP, and Heinz Ward has four Pro Bowls. Julian Edelman has zero. I think the first standard that you have to hit as a Hall of Famer needs to be that you were among the best in the league for at least one season to make a Pro Bowl. If he wasn't good enough to make a Pro Bowl, why are we throwing him in there with the greatest of all time? This isn't the best to to ever do it in your generation. This is the greatest of all time. And I don't think it's disrespectful. I think I hear that all the time is people are like, oh, I don't want to disrespect Julian Edelman. You're not disrespecting Julian Edelman. He's not a Hall of Famer. He's had a great career. Lots of guys have had great careers. Chad Ochocinco, phenomenal career. Not a Hall of Famer. We've said that since day one. There's guys out there all the time. I mean, you could even go back. Rod Smith is a name that stands out to me constantly. Constantly. One of the greatest wide receivers of, of his generation, I think. I think one of the most undervalued guys. And... From the second he retired, all I've been thinking is he's never going to get into the Hall of Fame. I personally don't think Heinz Ward ever gets into the Hall of Fame, even though I would love to see him in the Hall of Fame. But there's, they're just guys. My threshold is this. My standard is this. It took Terrell Owens two years to get in the Hall of Fame. Guys like Marvin Jones got in on the on our yeah yeah got in on the the first the first try. Guys like Torrey Holt had to wait. Guys like Bruce Isaac had to wait. Guys like Heinz Ward and Julian Edelman are not on that level. They're the next level. They're pretty close. I think Julian Edelman's three or four levels down. But if if they're still having to wait, then Heinz Ward has to wait even longer. And there's there's a gap. If we're going to compare him to anything, this is another thing I thought of. If you're going to compare Julian Edelman and his Hall of Fame status to somebody, why not compare him to Heath Miller? Heath Miller's never been the best at his position. He's had a phenomenal, steady career for about 10, 11 years. He was the go-to guy, zero questions asked, a true legend in the NFL when he played. 
no one will ever look at him and go, man, why is Heath Miller not in the Hall of Fame? That makes more sense to me than Heinz Ward, for being real. Dude, 100%. I, I have to agree with you like, w- without a doubt. I think Heath Miller, career trajectory-wise, at least whenever it comes to getting in the Hall of Fame, they're, they're going to be the same boat, a very, very good player for their time. Um, obviously, just because they played two different positions, I think it's a little bit harder to compare a guy like Edelman. I think he did have a better career than than Heath Miller. But no, I, I think at the end of the day, they fit in the same box of, you know, mm-hmm. phenomenal career, but they're they're not going to get in the Hall of Fame. They, they, no. it, it is it, it is what it is. Um, but, you know, they, I, I, I'm, I'm sleepless right now because they go Heinz, like, Ward, they, Heinz Ward basically outpaces Julian Edelman in every major statistical category. Doubles him in every major statistical category. And even if we're not even looking at stats, I mean, because a lot of guys get in here without the crazy stats because – I mean, look at look at Terry Bradshaw. Didn't really have statistically didn't have a great career, but he won four Super Bowls and was a top five quarterback the entire time he was playing. That's a Super Bowl bid. You look at you you could look at stat lines. You cannot look at stat lines, even if you take everything. Even if you don't look at a single number and you just look at everything Julian Edelman did, and then you look at everything Heinz Ward did. Heinz Ward did. You are telling me that you're going to walk away and you're going to remember Julian Edelman more than you're going to remember Heinz Ward? Not a chance. Not a chance. They're, my kids, our kids will look back and there will be highlights of Heath Miller breaking Keith Rivers' jaw. That will forever be a thing. Julian Edelman will disappear. Just like Wes Welker has slowly disappeared into nothing. That's that's just how they work. They're not Rob Gronkowski. They, I get like they're the reliable slot receiver. That, that's it. That's all they were. Reliable slot, slot receiver. Let's toss Golden Tate in the Hall of Fame too for being that if that's what we're looking at. I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, from the beginning, I've thought this whole debate, I was like, why, why, is this, why is this even being talked about? But sometimes you run into that. Sometimes Twitter blows something up and here we are. And it, it, it's a scary debate that we shouldn't shouldn't at all, in my opinion, have to talk about. So we'll move on from it a little bit. I wanted to spend some time on it, but I want to talk about the NFL draft. Let's do it. The SI publishers, the team publishers, myself included, jumped into our war rooms and did a virtual mock draft. 2019 selected. There was no trades. Everybody got their own pick for their own team that they cover. Obviously, the Steelers went 24th, and I was feeling pretty good about the pick. Jumped in there. A lot of guys slid, but no running backs were taken before the Steelers. And I went with Najee Harris. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty set that if that happens, the Pittsburgh Steelers, without a doubt, will add the Alabama running back to their roster with the 24th pick in the draft. Yeah, and then I feel like we've uh, we've maintained this mantra, um, you know, r- regardless of how. Uh, we feel about taking running backs in the first round or how I feel about it. I, I know you're for it. Um, just trying to be as realistic as possible when it comes to Steelers that pick number 24. And I feel like if Najee Harris is there, he's going to be the pick and he's a very good running back. I feel like he'll step in from day one and be the lead back to the, uh, the Steelers need him to be. Um, but I, I, I feel like the Steelers, they're going to get a running back in either the first two rounds. And, you know, if you have a guy like Najee sitting there, even the guy like Travis Etienne sitting there, if Najee isn't there, I feel like either of the two are going to be the pick because we're not confident in Benny Snow. We're not nope. confident in Jalen Samuels, Anthony McFarland, any of those guys. Nope. We're not confident in them. And all James Conner is out of the picture. 
uh, you know, for better or for worse. So the Steelers absolutely need a three down running back. There's a couple of the needs they could address there. Uh, but, you know, with eight picks in the draft, I don't feel like they're going to rush themselves into anything. And I feel like they'll take probably, um, you know, according to the, the SI publisher mock draft, the best player on the board, which was Najee Harris at the time. Exactly. And that's how I looked at it. When when it came down to it, you had the option of taking the best player on the board, which was clearly Najee Harris. Clearly, just like it, it should be in the NFL draft. And if it is Travis Etienne, I still think that at 24, no matter who's gone and who's available, Travis Etienne, if Najee Harris isn't there, is the best player on the board. Those two, I think those two have top 15 talent, but they play running back. And you don't draft a running back that high because every team virtually needs one. And most of the teams have one. It's been it's been a couple of good years for running backs and draft classes. The Steelers have just missed out because they've been waiting for James Conner, which uh, hasn't always been all of James Conner's fault. But now it's time for the first time since Le'Veon Bell to go out, get a superstar running back. And my biggest complaint about the whole thing is everybody keeps compare, comparing a first round running back to Rashard Mendenhall. And it is not by any means the same thing. When Rashard Mendenhall came into the NFL, yeah, he was a stud, but the Steelers just really needed a running back. They had no other options. He was not the guy that was supposed to come into this league and like balled out in college and had this phenomenal career, shook it, turned everybody's head. Like, yeah, I get it. He played with Juice Williams. He had a great career at Illinois. That was awesome. But the Steelers just really, really needed a running back. Now the Steelers, yeah, they need a running back. But Najee Harris and Travis Etienne are guys that if this was a normal year, if this was a situation where a team in the top 10 desperately needed a running back, one of them would go in the top 10. Rashard Mendenhall, not a chance. No, I I 100% agree. I think the differences between Najee Harris coming out and Rashard Mendenhall coming out is going to be night and day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think exactly what you said, Mendenhall wasn't some great running back prospect coming out. The Steelers just needed a running back and he was there for him, you know, towards the end of the first round. So, um, you know, but if, even if we want to go that route and compare it to Mendenhall, Mendenhall for the first two years of his career contributed a decent amount. Um, mm-hmm. you know, coming out of the running back backfield, he, he was a very big part of getting those Steelers teams, you know, deep into the playoffs. So I can't, I can't knock Richard Mendenhall. Do I hope that and, Najee and Harris a Steelers if, playoff run? We'll toss that in there too. Yeah, really though. Um, <laughs> uh, do I hope if Najee does land in Pittsburgh that he develops a better career than Mendenhall? Absolutely. You know, if, if you're taking a guy like Najee Harris, who we've seen dominate at the college level and projects to dominate at the NFL level as well, um, you know, we, we certainly would like him to have a better output than a guy like Rashard Mendenhall. But that's all going to be dependent on his fit in that Canada scheme and the offensive line in front of him. Mm-hmm, exactly. And that's that's where they go from there. If, if this was a second round or third round mock draft, the second pick's obviously a left tackle. There's, But that's the thing is you look through the draft and there were still guys like Alex Leatherwood still on the board. There there was names out there that the Steelers could wait on and get in the second round because there I, I want to say there was five tackles taken in the first round, but... I, th- I felt that all of them were gone that w- or would have been gone either way before the 24th pick. So why would you add a sixth one? Are you really going to get the sixth best player in their position at the 24th pick when you could have the best player at their position with the 24th pick? I, that's just, it, it, it's, a, it's a give and take thing, but the Pittsburgh Steelers, we could send this back to Terrell Edmonds every single time. They do not care about almost anything. 
all they care about is they are they're gonna they're gonna target a position or a couple positions I would say and they're gonna say whoever the best player available at that position is that's where we're taking that's how mm. Chase Claypool ended up in Pittsburgh that's how Juju Smith Schuster ended up in Pittsburgh that's how TJ Watt ended up in Pittsburgh that's how Terrell Edmonds somehow ended up in Pittsburgh even though that was totally wrong. That's how Artie Burns ended up in Pittsburgh. Yep. It could go forever. The Pittsburgh Steelers will have two or three, probably probably three. It's probably going to go left tackle, running back, center. If any of those are available, they're just going to eliminate everybody else from the draft board and say, this is the positions we're looking at. Najee Harris is going to blow everybody away when it comes to talent. Clearly, clearly the best player in the draft by that, by that standard. I, I do want to talk about this because we were texting about it a little bit the other day. You you brought up the Justin Fields sliding to 14, Trey Lance sliding to 15. And for everybody who wants to check it out, it's on allsteelers.com. I, I don't disagree with it. I looked at it and I, I just said, okay, I mean, this makes some sense. Like Justin Fields, I get, I, in my opinion, is the third best quarterback in the NFL draft. But I think the San Francisco 49ers are going to screw it up and they're going to take Mac Jones. And after that, I don't see a team outside of the Broncos that really need a quarterback. And I don't think the Broncos take a quarterback at pick number nine. 100%. And I understand in the mock draft that you guys did, there were no trading up, you know, teams mm-hmm. wouldn't exactly, uh, you know, you couldn't manufacture any trade to, to jump the gun. Um, so in, in that particular mock draft, I do understand it, but I, I promise you Justin Fields is not lasting until the 14th pick. I'm telling you, I don't know. I, it didn't make sense to me, but if there's no trades, I mean, just look at it like there's no trades. If the New England Patriots really believe that a quarterback's going to slide to them, I mean, who's going to take it in front of them? If the Atlanta if the Atlanta Falcons have a chance to get Kyle Pitts, they're going to draft Kyle Pitts. And after that, it's really, since the Sam Darnold move, it's really just the Broncos. And I think the yeah. Broncos uh, like Drew Locke at least enough to sit on him. I mean, if you have the opportunity to to draft a quarterback that may or may not have a career on your team or a cornerback that's probably the best player in the draft in Patrick Sertain or maybe J.C. Horn, you're going to jump on a cornerback before you jump on a quarterback. Yeah, but we also have to remember Drew Locke hasn't exactly done himself any favors in Denver and just looking at the the quarterback job looking at the free agent quarterbacks available next year if you're not 100 sold on drew lock as your long-term guy this is the time you need to so if justin fields is there at number nine for the broncos to get him you have to at least contemplate it and, and i think that'll boil down to whether or not the the broncos really believe they can put a solid roster around drew lock to at least compete in, in a division with patrick Mahomes. But at the end of the day, should should they draft corner? Yeah. Do I think the Broncos will ultimately trade back and probably get a guy like Micah Parsons or you know maybe J.C. Horn, depending on you know how far how far back excuse me, that they trade back? Yeah, I think any of those you know are possible. But um, I, I like Drew Lock. I, I I think he's good, but he's very very hit or miss, and that's not something a franchise quarterback has you know in, in the in the arsenal. Um, and rightfully so, they're not 100% sold on them. And if if they did believe in Drew Locke, we wouldn't have them. We wouldn't be, excuse me, I can't talk today. We wouldn't be having this conversation right now because there would You're be right. no smoke about the Broncos at least being intrigued into taking the quarterback. But at, at the end of the day, if I'm a betting man, which uh, sports betting did just get legalized in Arizona here, I got hey, approved by the House. Congratulations, Donnie. Yeah. 
Thank you. I'm really excited to lose money. I was just about uh, so, to say, get that bank account ready because it's a it's a rough it's a rough run. It's a rough run. Um, I, actually, I'll throw a little betting story out there. I was actually at the Pirates game on Saturday with my girlfriend, and we're sitting there the whole time. And she's telling me, she's like, "Yo, you should bet on the Pirates. Like, we're here. That would be fun. You should bet on the Pirates." And I'm looking at her. I'm like, "Do you even have you ever even watched the Pirates game? Like, why why would I bet on the Pirates? I was like, I'm pretty positive that they're gonna get blown out." And she's like, no, 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 it's not going to happen. So she made me bet on the over for runs for the Pirates, which was three. And I still was like, I don't think, I think I'm going to lose 10 bucks. Like, I'm pretty sure this is going to happen. And the Pirates, 30 seconds later, not even 30 seconds later, I'm talking like, I think they had two guys on base. They had one run, they had one run or something. And I was still like, no, they're going to lose. And I hit, I hit place the bet. And 10 seconds later, the Pirates scored seven runs in an inning blew out the Cubs, and that's what you're in for. I just want you to be well aware that every decision you make for the rest of your life will alter the sporting event that you are betting on because it's <laughs> never going to work in your favor ever, but that's good. Uh, back to the Broncos real quick before we wrap this up. I do get the Drew Locke thing, but I think that if you're working with Peyton Manning, which which he is, that says a lot that says somebody made a phone call and said, Peyton, will you please work with Drew Locke? Because we want to give him one more shot. I don't think that that means that he's the quarterback of the future. I just think that right now they know that they are in a division with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. And if they're going to benefit and try to at least beat the, maybe the two best quarterbacks in the AFC, they need some de- defensive back help. And J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertain are the only options. And at, at, at nine, even if you trade back a little bit at nine, they're probably the best players on the board outside of maybe Justin Fields if he's there. So that's how I look at it. I just think that, yeah, quarterback's huge. But when you're facing guys like that, you need to focus on the defense. And I don't think that, and especially if Trey Lance is there, because I don't think Trey Lance is a top 10 pick, in my opinion. But I don't think Matt, Mac Jones is either. Either way, we'll see. We cover the Steelers, so we're pretty bad at this stuff when it comes to other teams. Thank you, everybody, for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. You could find all of mine and Donnie's work at allsteelers.com, and you can now subscribe to All Steelers Talk on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Make sure everybody enjoys their weekend, and we will see you next Thursday for another episode at allsteelers.com. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the AdiZero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the AdiZero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today.